doing that. You know, uh, I love that. You know, I'm, I'm loving the fact that God is forevermore. God is consistent and persistent. And thank you, Brother Vance, for reminding us of that. Thank you, Brother. Can we say amen to that? God is good and a pleasant and happy Sabbath to everyone. Um, yes, it is. I don't know if this is correct. You have to for, uh, correct me. Is that a correct way to say it? Half of the year? Yeah? Brother Jeff? right? Okay. I am, I am happy that I got, I got that right. We are beginning a new sermon of, uh, I mean, a new series of sermons. Um, belonging. I think, Brother Clint, that all of us want to belong somewhere. I think it's the, it's the, it's the driving, driving force behind many of our decisions. We want to belong. We, we want to feel like we are at home. Because some of us don't belong, even at home. Uh, we don't belong with our own parents and, and siblings. We, we don't fit in. So we try our best to get degrees and to get qualified and to be around certain people, to have certain connections because we want to belong, Jeremy. We want to belong. We, we want to fit in. As much as you want to fit in, I also want to fit in. And to be honest with you this morning, some of you are looking at me very, very seriously. I don't feel like I belong. So can you please, can you please smile? You know what I mean? So I feel like I belong this morning. But we are here to help you to understand how you should belong. In fact, in this month of July, I and Pastor Sam are going to be helping you to understand that if you want to belong, you have got to come as you are. Now, I know we hear that a lot. You've probably heard it in songs, in sermons. But we want to unpack that and help you to understand what does it actually mean to come as you are. In the month of August, we're going to help you to understand that when you belong, you're going to have to deal with the fellowship of difference. You're never going to be the same as the next person. In fact, you're not going to smile the same. Your breath is not going to smell the same like the next person, even if that person is your husband or your wife. So it will always be a fellowship of difference. I will help you to understand what that looks like. And then in the month of September, we help you to understand that belonging is more about being than doing. More about being than doing. So let us go into the scripture this morning as we start this sermon series called Belonging, And I'll be in the book of Luke, and I'm going to read from Luke chapter 18, verse 35 to 40, and then I'm going to jump to Luke chapter 19, verses 1 to 4. Kindly open the scripture, and let us read the word of God together. When you got it, say, Amen. Hmm. I think, David, you're ready for, for worship today. I just hear your voice. Can I hear you say, Amen, if you got the word? Mm, okay, that base is nice. All right. Let us read Luke chapter 18 and verses 35 to 40. The Bible says, As he, Jesus, drew near to where? To where? Jericho. A blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. And hearing a crowd going by, 
Jesus, not, not, not Jesus, the blind man, asked what this meant. I think it's a question you have to ask as well when Jesus is passing by your way. What does this actually mean? They, the disciples, the priests, those who are spying on Jesus, told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He is passing by. And he cried out, listen to this, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were, from, who were in front rebuked him. <laughs> rebuked him, telling him, be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jump to Luke 19. We started out with Jesus drawing near Jericho, but I want you to see what happens now. Because Jesus draws near and eventually he likes to come in. Notice what verse 1 says. And Jesus entered Jericho. And he was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. This is a part that interests me today. But on the account of the crowd, he could not. And I want to ask you, what is keeping you from Jesus? But on the account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. I feel like that is talking about me. I'm, I'm kind of short. He was small in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. For he was about to pass that way. Today the topic is called seeing is belonging. Seeing is belonging. Let us pray. Mighty God, I want to pause and say thank you. And I want you to do miraculous work this morning. Uh, do work in me. Work in your people. So that we can work out our salvation with fear and trembling. I humbly pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know if you have heard, but in the month of June, there were two tragedies. Uh, one tragedy happened in the Mediterranean, about 50 miles away from Greece. It was a fishing boat from Libya that was carrying over 500 refugees. Many of them came from Pakistan, Palestine, and Afghanistan, and Egypt, and Libya, and they wanted to get a better life. Because according to the EU, you must be in a, an EU country to apply for asylum. So many of them risk their lives. They get on boats like this, going to a better life. But there was also another tragedy that happened. 
But before I tell you about that tragedy that happened, this picture right here was taken by the Greek Coast Guard just before it sunk. They, they took a picture of the ship just before it sunk, telling me that they could have done something about it, but they didn't. But there was another tragedy that happened about four days later on June 18th. A submersible called the Titan was on its way to see the wreckage of the Titanic. You know, the wreckage of, it, of the Titanic is a failure. But the CEO of uh, Ocean Gate, Stockton Rush, Paul Henry Nageliot, a French deep sea explorer and Titanic expert, Hamish Harding, a business, a British businessman, and Shazda and Suleiman Dawood, a Pakistani, Pakistani British businessman, and his son were on the Titan submersible to go on an adventure. And tragically, their, their vessel imploded, meaning that the pressure on the outside was greater than the pressure on the inside. But you heard about the Titan submersible, but you never heard about the refugees fleeing for a better life in Europe. BBC and CNN and Al Jazeera and uh, uh, CNN Indonesia, they, they talked about the Titan submersible and, and they, they, they talked about how the U.S. Coast Guard and the U.S. Navy and and the Canadian Royal British Navy was looking for these five people, uh, but yet these 500 refugees were not even talked about, nor were they looked for. Because news agencies, they only air, Sister Lika, the important stories. The stories that matter. But the stories that do not matter do not get airtime. Now, I know that many of you are not CNN or BBC, nor are you Al Jazeera, but it is my impression that many of us pick and choose people who belong and don't belong. Many of us, depending on how we see people, they will either belong in our group or they will not belong in our group. Many of us, the people we like, get an access card in our life. <laughs> if they like Plaza Sinayan and we like Plaza Sinayan, we click. If, if they like that Nasi Uruk with Gado uh, uh, Gado and we like Nasi Uruk and Gado Gado, me, <laughs> we click. Well, if that person doesn't like the sports team that I like, if that person already doesn't like the Lakers, <laughs> he likes the Warriors, but you and me are still friends. We may not get along so well. Now, if I was just talking about the movies you like, if I was just talking about the shoes you like to wear, if I was just talking about the clothes you like to wear, it would not matter so much. But I have come to the understanding that sometimes, based on how we see people, we determine whether they deserve the grace of God or not. Based on how we see them, 
But we determine whether they should be counted worthy to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. I need you to see this this morning because that is a case I want to argue this morning. Because we have a man called Bartimaeus. Imagine walking blind, folded every day of your life. That was Bartimaeus. He couldn't see. When he's looking for the glasses, he, could, he, he couldn't see them. He had to ask somebody to get him, get him the glasses. Zacchaeus, he was an officer. If he was Indonesian, he would be working at Kantor Pajak. <laughs> and I know <laughs> we hate taxes. I don't like paying taxes. So when you saw Zacchaeus, you are reminded you owe the government. These two men, they run into Jesus. And I want you to notice how people saw Bartimaeus and how they saw Zacchaeus. Uh, the Bible says that immediately he, Bartimaeus, recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, they gave praise to God. Because people could relate to Bartimaeus. He was a blind man. He was the unseen. He was the unknown. He was the unheard. He was the, 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 the powerless. He was the, the person who did not have connections. And so when that day he received the grace of sight, everybody praised God. <laughs> Now I want you to notice, Jesus also met Zacchaeus. And the Bible says that Zacchaeus came down from the tree and he received Jesus joyfully. But notice, when they saw Zacchaeus accepting Jesus, they all grumbled. And they said about Jesus, he is eating with a sinner. Because many people could not relate to Zacchaeus. Because Zacchaeus had money. And the way he got the money was cheating people by making them pay more, higher taxes. So people looked at Zacchaeus and they could puke because they said this is an enemy of the state. And when Jesus forgives him, when Jesus says you also are son of Abraham, people said no God, that is unfair. And let me tell you this. People in your life are either Bartimaeus or Zacchaeus. And maybe sometimes in the morning, your, your wife is like Bartimaeus. <laughs> but by the end of the day, you treat her like Zacchaeus. You know what I'm saying? You either relate to people or you cannot relate to them. You either are gracious to people or you grumble about them. You, you, you either are thankful to God for the person or you are tired of the person. Am I saying the truth this morning? And so, many of us have already categorized people. This one, she's a talkative one. This one is the know-it-all. This one spends too much. This one is, is, 
He is in love with Facebook and they're lazy and they never study. Because notice how people, they treated Zacchaeus. They, they, they called Zacchaeus a sinner. Because when you define a person, Rachelin, by their title, you don't see them as a human being. So you can do whatever it is you want to do to them. But if you see them as a human being, you feel guilty for speaking to them rudely. You feel guilty for not providing for what they need. You feel guilty by not supporting them in their plan. But if you say, oh man, that person, they're the they're annoying one, they're this, they're that, then you can do whatever. So you either relate to people based on how you see them, and they're either Bartimaeus or Zacchaeus. And so, we need to pause right here and start to think through this for a second. And I want us to work together right now. So how we see people determines whether they belong or not. I think what is important for us to ask is, are we seeing people correctly? Because you never stop seeing people by what you see. The only thing is, are you seeing that person correctly? Is your title that you have given to that person a correct assignment? When you look at Zacchaeus and Bartimaeus, you see that they had one common problem. Both of the men could not get to Jesus. Bartimaeus was blind. When they told him Jesus is passing by, the Bible says Bartimaeus screamed, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus was trying to reach out for Jesus. He couldn't get to Jesus. When you look at Zacchaeus, you find the same problem. The brother was short. And therefore, because of his height, he had to run ahead of the crowd to climb up on the tree so that he could get a peek of Jesus. Both men, one is poor, he is a beggar, and all is rich is powerful. They have the same problem. They cannot reach Jesus. Mm. And so I want to say to you like this. Don't see people as short or blind. You have to see people as spiritually distanced from God. Whew. Okay. Because whatever disability you see in them is the disability that is keeping them spiritually distanced from God. When you say this person talks a lot, it simply means that this person has an inability to listen to God. And because they cannot listen to God, they are far away from God. And when you look at yourself, you realize that you cannot forgive people. Your problem is unforgiveness, and that is keeping you away from God. So the next time somebody makes a mistake in your house, the next time someone makes a mistake where you work, the next time you see somebody do something you don't like, understand that is their disability keeping them away from God. It's the reason why they need God. And therefore, if you can see that they cannot reach God, you will be less judgmental. 
you would be more gracious because you see that this person needs the help and the grace of God. So whether you are rich, <laughs> whether you are poor, you have disabilities that are keeping you away from God. And it is God, watch this, who must reach out to you. Because you cannot reach out, God, reach out to God. And this is why the text says that Jesus was passing through Jericho. Brother Jeff, I was, I was encouraged by that. Because on this, in this time in the life of Jesus, he is heading to the cross. He is about to die. But he says, you know what? I need to make a pit stop in Jericho because if I do not go to Jericho, I will not meet Zacchaeus and Bartimaeus. And if they will never meet me, Brother Jack, they will never be able to reach God. And I want you to understand that God can also see your story. He knows you're struggling to pray. And he must figure out, how can I make a pit stop in this person who is struggling to pray? I can see that because a family life is so difficult, this person is no longer working as hard as they should or working as joyfully as they could. So let me stop by so that I can reach out to them. You didn't come to church this morning because you thought you wanted to come to church, but God put it in your heart to come to church. Any impulse you have, that is to do something good or positive. It is God working in your life. And we need more people this morning who will say, God, reach out to me. God, help me. God, do something in my life. Because if you do not, I'm not able to get to you. I'm not able to reach to you. Perhaps this example will help you out a little bit more. You see, the city of Jakarta has done something that I find impressive. They have created what we call houses. And what they have done is that they have allowed the city to be connected and, and built a system of busway and trans-Jakarta so that people can be connected. And in order for people to move, they must be at the bus stop so that when the bus comes, it can carry them along and bring them to their destination. That is you. You are that person sitting at the bus stop waiting for the bus to come. And that bus is God. And God takes you along on a journey, killing the unforgiveness, killing the overspending, killing the unwillingness to work together, killing anything that is a part of you so that you can get to destination, salvation. And perhaps you say, Pastor, I've never been on a, on a busway. That's okay. Maybe you came by go-car grab car or your own car and you could not get here this morning if you did not use your own car I mean you didn't use a car so you needed a car to bring you along I'm simply trying to tell you that it is the grace of God that brings you here and the worst parts of you or access points God uses to reach you. You know, as I was looking at Zacchaeus, I said, wow, Zacchaeus was a thief. Zacchaeus was hated. But yet, it is that very fact that Zacchaeus was a thief that God used to reach him. So I want you to look at anything in your life, the things that you don't like about you, 
the things that you don't like about another person as access points that allow God to be able to reach you. That allow God to say, you know what? I need to help this person because if I do not help them, they will not be lost. Perhaps you're going to relate to Chloe McRoberts. At the age of 16, she could not read or write. But at the age of 26, right here, this happened last week. Chloe is graduating with a degree from college. And for a long time, she felt like she did not belong. For a long time, she felt like she was a stupid or she was useless. Maybe that's how you feel. But I want you to understand that the moment God comes into your life, the moment he starts to work out in your story, you're also going to graduate. I only hear Brother Jeff this morning. Brother Jeff, I'll preach to you. And you might be like, Pastor, listen, I, I get you. Yeah, God is good. He works with my weaknesses. And Pastor, I got a lot of them. I don't think that, I don't think God can do something for me. Like, like you don't know my story, Pastor. Like, like, Pastor, if I could tell you what I did last night and what I did the night before and what I did last year, you know, the classes from high school, hey, hey, Pastor, you, you, you not want to talk to me anymore. My story is that dark. But I want to invite you to go on a seeing mission today. Because the Bible says, Zacchaeus, watch this. He went seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not. Everybody in Jericho hated Zacchaeus. You must understand that. But he had heard that Jesus is coming. So he says, you know what? Let me go see Jesus. The text says he wanted to see who Jesus was. I was asking myself, why would he want to see who Jesus was? I mean, he has heard of him. He can heal the sick. He can bring people back from the dead. Zacchaeus wanted to see him. The text says he wanted to see who Jesus was. Uh, please understand that Zacchaeus was the kind of person who you would meet after you have arrived from a trip from somewhere. He was like a customs agent. You know, he would open up your stuff and, and, and take things out. Okay, this one is new. And you know how we do it when we have traveled? We unbox our things so that, you know, the custom agents doesn't charge us more tax. Zacchaeus was like, nah, you just took this out of the box right now. I need you to pay up right now. So people hated Zacchaeus. But no matter how he saw himself or how people saw him, he says, I'm going to go see Jesus. Because I hope somebody hears me. Don't allow the things about you, the worst parts about you, to keep you from seeing Jesus. In fact, it's the worst parts of you that qualify you to see Jesus. And I'm glad about that this morning. Because to be honest with you, and my wife can tell you, sometimes Pastor Henry doesn't always act like a pastor. <laughs> mm -hmm. In fact, yesterday I was working on the sermon. She disturbed me. She says, we need to talk because I didn't like how you talked to me last night. I said, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> but I said, 
Brother Sitar said, I'm going to preach this sermon this morning. <laughs> she ain't going to stop me. And I want you to know that you yourself should also not be stopped. Someone might tell you, you are, how do you say it in, in, in Bahasa? You are what? Uh, somebody who is, who is, who is stingy. How, how do you say it? Kulit. Pelit. You're pelit. Like, I don't care. I'm going to still pray anyway. You're, mm, I'm going to still pray anyway. So don't keep yourself from God just because you don't feel good about yourself. Notice Zacchaeus went to see Jesus, who he was. Kresge, this translation doesn't read right. Because when you read it in the original language, it says, And Zacchaeus was seeking to see who Jesus is. You didn't get it. Let me try it again. In English, it says, he went to see who Jesus was. When you read it in the original, it says, he went to see who Jesus is. Because the text is helping Zacchaeus to understand that Jesus is never an I was. Jesus is always an is. Did you get that? In other words, Jesus is never in the past tense. Jesus is always in the present tense. When you go see Jesus, you will see that you belong because Jesus is in the present. He is current. He is never outdated. He is right now. So when you go to see Jesus, I want you to understand that Jesus is right there where you are. You might be like, Lord, let me update you. Do you know what happened? Jesus doesn't need an update because he knows what is going on in your life. He understands what is troubling your mind. He gets it when you cannot sleep at night, Dr. Regina. And when you come to church tired, she said, Pastor, I'm tired this morning. I said, I'm going to pray for you, my sister. But he sees what's going on in your life. Your boss can be and I was. Your mom can be and I was. Your lover can be and I was, but Jesus is always the I am. He is always current and present. He understands. He can relate. Too many of us feel like God cannot relate, but Jesus cannot relate. But I hear, I hear just to encourage you that no, he can relate. He can understand. That's why the Bible says, I am the good shepherd. Basically saying, if you need my guidance, I will guide you. Jesus says, I am the water of life. If you are thirsty and the world has run you dry, I can satisfy you and I give you what you need. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Simply saying, if you die, you're going to come back to life. I'm simply trying to tell somebody this morning, Jesus can satisfy every need you have. Every need you have, Jesus can satisfy. One preacher said, and I, I came across this yesterday, many of us are under stress simply because we neglect the Bible. Because the Bible is the word that testifies about Jesus. And the more you get that into your system, the more it keeps you at peace and, and hopeful and, and, and jubilant and joyful 
and kind and loving and grateful because you see that God is working and operating in your life. All right, I don't have too much time, so let me, let, let me move. You see, when you go to see Jesus, something else happens. Because the Bible says, when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, hurry, come down, for I must stay at your house today. You see, when you go see Jesus, you discover that you belong because Jesus is a today kind of God. When uh, my family was coming for the wedding, I didn't know this, but the Indonesian immigration changed the law. Because my passport, you could come to Indonesia and get a visa on arrival, but the Indonesian government says, no, you got to apply for a visa. And it costs $1.5 million. And I had paid for two visas, but they denied that after making me wait a couple of days. So I was a little bit frustrated and a little bit sad at the same time. So after understanding the, the law and, and the new changes, I applied again and paid for the visa. But guess what? They told me to wait. I kept checking the website. Kept checking the website. It says, uh, uh, how do you say? Still in process. Five days. They got the visa on the Thursday and the wedding is on a Sunday. <laughs> That's the world we live in. It makes us wait. It puts us in a process. But can I tell you, Jesus says today, right now, not tomorrow, not last year, not next week, today. Today you belong. Today you're forgiven. Today you're changed. Today you're mine. Not tomorrow. I know you're waiting for the certificate to come. I know you're waiting to be ready. I know you're waiting, but Jesus says today. Jesus loves the word sekarang. <laughs> today, now, right now. Let's go. Let's move. You are mine. We don't need to wait. Because, because Jesus wants to move in your life. He wants things to change in your life. And let me tell you, because Jesus is a today kind of God, he expects Elder Donald a today kind of follower. Notice what the text says. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold the Lord, uh, behold Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I'll restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him today, Salvation has come to this house. And since he is also a son of Abraham, that's what God expects today for you to act. Zacchaeus did not mess around. He said, Jesus is here. He has saved me. Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give back the money I've been, I've been stealing. I'm going to give back the money I've been taking. I'm, I'm going to give back, you know, the neighbor on the street. I've, I've taken the money. Because salvation doesn't mean nothing unless there is transformation. You can't say, I believe in Jesus, but still being disrespectful to your parents. You can't say, I love Jesus, and still be chained to pornography. There's got to be some action, some transformation in your life that says, you know what, I've, I've truly changed. Because many of us, theoretically, we are saved. We believe. 
But practically, we are as lost as ever. And so somebody today needs to respond. I'm going to go back home. I'm going to start respecting and I'm going to start loving on my family. I'm going to start laughing on my kids. I'm going to spend time with my kids. That's salvation. Some of you say, you know what? I'm going to stop being stingy with the money at home. And I'm going to go back and discuss with my wife or my husband. We're going to make a plan and we're going to make it happen. Some of you say, you know what? This bottle is keeping me down. I need to be free. I don't need to be an alcoholic. God needs to rescue me and deliver me because I'm a child of God. You can't say I'm saved and not be transformation. It's got to be about today. Don't, don't think, oh, you know, Lord, I have so much going on at work and all this. I can't do it right now. Guess what? When you, when you do that, it passes you by. Today. 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 The last thing. See, when you go see Jesus, you're going to discover that you belong to Jesus because he wants to be where you call home. Notice, and the musicians can be coming up. I don't know where they're at. They're going to be coming up. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry, come down, for I must stay at your house today. Where is home for you? You know, home is a place you find comfort in. Home is where you can pass gas. Home is where your breath smells bad. Home is where your hair is, you know, I'm everywhere. Home is where you don't have to worry about nothing. You are free. Jesus says, that's where I want to be. No, Jesus, you know, no, I want to be home. Wherever you're comfortable at, I want to be home. Lord, home is my office because at home there's no home. Jesus says, no, bring me there. Jesus cannot belong to you. He cannot be a part of your life if he is not at home. And many of us have found a way to put Jesus in specific places. But some places he's not there. And he's asking you today, please, can I enter in your home? So you belong. Seeing is belonging. You belong to Jesus. You belong with Jesus. And he wants to belong with you. Two things. Can we do it today? Like right now, can we do it? Can we accept Jesus today? Can we invite him into our life today? Can we say, it's, I'm going to be transformed today? Can it happen today? And he wants to be home. Wherever home is, wherever your comfort place is, Jesus wants to be right there. And you're saying, Pastor, I want to belong. I see I belong. And I want to invite Jesus into my life today. I want to invite him home today. Anybody like that? Every head is bowed, every set of eyes is closed as we pray. Mighty God, thank you. Because we see that we belong. We belong to you. And Father, today we are responding to, to Jesus. 
And today we are asking Jesus to come in home. Somebody today needs to make that critical decision. May they not delay, Father, but right now, today. And thank you, Father, that we belong. Give us your grace and your strength. We humbly ask all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you.